dead too? Who? The boy, Jason. Jason? Welcome to UpcomingHorrorMovie.com's UHM Podcast. This is a special presentation with coverage of all of the Friday the 13th films. Welcome back, folks. This is episode six of the UHM Podcast. We're picking up right where we left off last time in the Friday the 13th series, starting with part six and moving on through to part nine. Be sure to listen to our previous episode, episode 5, that contains the first five in the series. Anyway, happy Friday the 13th. Alright, so um, so uh, let's move on to uh, Jason 6. I think we said enough about 5. We let it have it pretty good. Um, Mike, you want to you wanna take over the reins for 6 here? Part 6 is probably one of my favorites post, you know, the first four. Um... I think it does an overall good job of establishing Jason as a main character in this one instead of just like a side killer. It starts off with, you know, Tommy Jarvis, played by Tom Matthews, who I love. He's amazing in Return of the Living Dead, and I just think he's a great horror actor. You know, he goes to uh, burn Jason alive with a mental uh, institution buddy, and what they do is... Yeah. And um, what they do is you know, they go to burn him, but they he sticks like a like a metal like pole into his chest, and the lightning comes and resurrects Jason. And one of the guy, uh, the other guy, hits him with a shovel, and Jason turns around, and is like fuck off, and he just punches right through his chest. I think is like one of the best intro scenes to it. Uh, uh, Friday the Thirteenth. It's just it gets right to the point. Uh, uh, Tom Matthews is like he needs to go to hell, and I'm going to be the one that puts him there. It's just such a great line, and it's just such a cool intro. I think the whole movie does a really good job of making Jason uh, more of a presence than his absence in the fifth one. Instead of you know him being a side character that's killing people, he's the main character. And you see him just wandering around the forest, and you see him run into these random people. Like there's a big group of people that are from an office having an office paintball match, and they just you know, happen to run into. Uh, Jason, and he just, you know, he slices off three of their heads with one machete, and it's just, I just found it really funny. They, they bring a lot of funny elements into this one, rather than um, just strictly horror. He's just got this amazing presence to it, and they, they, they try changing the name to Forest Green instead of Camp Crystal Lake to try to, you know, push people away. Um, it's just an interesting comeback to the fifth one. Uh, there's a young Tony uh, Goldwyn from Ghost. He's the evil guy from the movie Ghost. He's done like some animated movies. He's the one. He's this is like his first film, I think. And uh, he gets you know killed off. They run into him. He's, they're one of the uh, counselors, I believe. They run into Jason, and Jason just disposes of him. I um, never made that Ghost connection. Oh my God! Yep. Now I know exactly what you're talking about. It's crazy because I looked. I, I was watching it, and I was like, "That guy looks super familiar." And I looked it up. I'm like, "Holy shit! That's the guy from Ghost." Um, this movie's a lot more um, aware 
there they make a lot of other. They, there's Cunningham, there's Can Cunningham Street, um, Carpenter Avenue, and there's like a, a Carloff, uh, like um, an auto shop, and they, it's kind of self-aware and it's kind of uh, not a parody, but they know what they're doing at this point in the realm of like self-humor, I guess. But there's a lot more. There is a lot more humor in this one than the previous ones. Like uh, when one of the guys gets killed in the woods when during the paintball match, Jason throws him to the tree, and someone carved a smiley face into the tree, and you just see this bloody smiley face sitting there. It's stupid. It's so dumb, but I just thought it was a lot of fun. Um, but what kept getting me back to it is how Jason is the main character. Like Tommy Jarvis is in it, but he's not. He's they're trying to go after Jason, and he's just. Jason, you just you just see more of Jason in this movie than anything else. It's hard for me to explain, but that's, that's the uh, feeling I got. Um, there's some key scenes in here which I dug. Uh, like the, there's a whole cabin full of just children, and one of the counselors is comforting one of the kids who couldn't fall asleep, and the camera is on her and the little kid. But when the the counselor stands up, you see Jason outside the window staring down at the kid. And I thought that was a super effective scene, and I thought that was very cool, because at this point, he, Jason couldn't do anything. He was just resurrected by a fucking lightning bolt. You don't know what he's capable of and how he's looking down at the kid. Now you're looking at the counselor who's looking down at the kid. It's just so effective and awesome. Yeah. Um, the thing I didn't like, even though I liked the actress who played uh, Megan, she's like the Tommy Jarvis' like kind of girlfriend in this movie, I, I like her as an actress, but when she finds out that some of her friends are dead. She just has no remorse. She's like, oh, shit. You know, and then later in the movie, she's like, oh, God. But when they first initially tell her, she doesn't have any remorse. She's kind of making out with, you know, Tom Matthews, and it's just like, okay, well, it's kind of odd. <laughs> no, that's it. <laughs> I, that sucks, but I'm horny now, so. Um, there's a lot of cool kill scenes. I mean, yeah, he takes that one chick's head off, and then he's carrying her body. You see him walking next to the cabin, and uh, she's just carrying her body. She has no head. Um, the sheriff scene where he's the sheriff on top of him trying to strangle him. But uh, Jason comes, and he breaks his back. He just folds him over, and it makes that back-breaking sound. It's so cool. Yeah, and one of the, the final scenes hmm. was when Jason kills, or um, they kind of, quote-unquote, kill Jason with the boat motor. And I think that was so awesome. And you just see him, like, the, the motor is just struggling, and it just slits his throat. You see all this, like, blood and pus come up from the water. It's beautiful. My favorite part about that scene is is when, like, because this is a movie I've watched. I think I probably watched this more than all the others. Yeah. And when that when that motor, like, comes in, and it's, like, chopping his neck, it's like, da -da 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 -da, and you see, like, the blood and the guts coming out. And it, it, it's it's long. It's not, like, a quick, oh, it hits him and he's dead. No, it's like, da -da 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 -da. cut away, show the people upstairs, go back under the water, go, 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 go. And then all of a sudden you hear this, like, and his neck, like, snaps, and, like, there's a gush of black blood that pours out. Yep. Oh, my God. It's fucking amazing. Amazing. Oh, so cool. I, that's why I think this movie is one of my favorites of not only the entire series, but especially after five. But it's just—it's a very fun movie. But they kept the horror aspect of it a lot. They added a lot of two goofy moments in there, but they kept the, the horror alive. And I think it was a very well done sequel after the, the shitty fifth one. 
I mean, it was directed by a guy named Tom McLaughlin, and I'm not really familiar with any other of his work. But, I mean, he did a great job. I mean, I don't know too much, like, the intricate details of the film, but I, I love it. I love this movie. Yeah, what do you got on there, Shane? Well, it's... I've, well, basically, you pretty much said everything that uh, kind of makes it enjoyable anyway. So I don't really have much else to add on that. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, it is... I mean, that boat scene, that when he gets that blade in the, in the neck just genius it really is um it, in fact i've seen that i've seen that um quite I've, well currently because uh, i've just been watching fear the walking dead i think they've actually used they've made a homage to that in the most recent episode as well which i thought was really really cool but um yeah i love that and that scene the way you described it with the neck breaking and the blood just pulsing out i just thought was absolutely fantastic um, well, my description or the actual scene? Well, the actual scene itself, the description, your description of the scene itself is pretty good, but just <laughs> bringing back memories of like watching that is just pretty epic. And it's been a, it's been a while since I've watched it, but I'm I'm gonna have to rewatch that at some point, I think. And I think but, the yeah. acting, acting is really <laughs> well done in this movie too. That's oh yeah. Not, it's, it's weird because I mean the acting is pretty solid throughout a lot of the entries, but this one is pretty pretty good. Everyone kind of reacts normally except the, the blonde chick. But I mean it's the sheriff is really good. You don't want to really want to see him go, but he goes in a super awesome way, and it's like okay, I, I forgive the fact that he's yeah, dead I, now. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like I like that they didn't make the sheriff like full douche. You yeah, I mean? like, exactly. Like, like he's he's very like, oh no, there's no Jason. Jason's dead. Blah 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 blah. You kids are crazy. But then when he finds out Jason's alive, he's like, I'm gonna. He like he mans up. He's like, all right, I was wrong. Now I'm gonna kill this motherfucker. Like yeah, it, 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 it's in his face too, or just like after he's on the phone and he's like, oh, you know, her friends are dead. He's kind of like staring at Tommy Jarvis, and he's like, fuck, this kid's not the killer. I was wrong completely, and I just I I love like you said he. He's not a total douchebag. He kind of, he doesn't totally disregard the, the kids. He kind of has this you know, soft spot for him, especially with his daughter. Right, it's like a real character, like a yeah. real person. Mm. Yeah, because this, this was also the film that had two Jasons in it. Because um, they filmed scenes with, what was it, Don Brad, Dan Bradley... Oh, I know C.J. Um, Graham. Wasn't he Jason in this? Yeah, yeah, but if you, um, yeah, Dan Graham was the first Jason in the film. He was initially meant to play Jason in that film, but um, Paramount didn't like the way he looked, so they asked him to be recast, which is what when they introduced C.J. Graham. But apparently, you can tell the difference. You can tell the difference between the two Jasons because there's a scene with um, Dan Graham standing in the woods. Um, <clears throat> watching the kids or whatever and his build is different he's got a different build he's slightly i think he's more live than what cj graham is um and also eye color changes as well because there's close-up scenes of his eyes hmm. and um the color difference of his eyes as well so yeah um yeah i think yeah i thought uh that was quite quite cool, actually, because I didn't know that until I was looking until I was reading up on this. I've actually never heard that. I didn't know that. Yeah, me either. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. There's also in the original script there was a scene 
of material alluding to Jason's father um, turning up and visiting the graves because in the script he goes to visit um, Pamela's grave where she's buried next to Jason so that basically means somebody paid to have Jason buried um, oh, okay. and you know, explaining why he wasn't cremated like apparently he was in the, in the previous film but on the it's on the um, 2009 deluxe edition um, DVD uh, where they put together storyboard art and voiceover work to complete the actual scene itself. So if you've got the if you've got the 2009 special edition, that'll be on there. I don't know that I have. <clears throat> I think mine might be a little bit older. It's a box set that I have. I don't remember which one I got. Ah, okay. And also another thing, John Shepard, who played Tommy Jarvis in the previous film, didn't want to come back and reprise his role because he'd become a born again Christian. Well, so here's the thing. He he. I've heard this story before too. Yeah. A, according to the um, Crystal Lake Memories book, even when he was on part five, he was still a big Christian, and in fact, he didn't originally want to take the role because he felt right. it was like a uh, you know was it was not a, a very a thing Jesus would do sort of role. So, but yeah. he he sought. Um, guidance from like pastors and other things in his life and they said listen that's a job you gotta take that job when you get it <laughs> yeah but they, they essentially made they made the argument to him that most of the friday the 13th up to that point had been essentially morality tales if you have sex and do drugs you're gonna get killed so he's like oh yeah. that's a good point so he that's why he actually ended up doing part five despite being like a diehard uh born again christian but after he made it and he saw the result, he's like, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So, so I got a question for you, Shane. All right. In this in this movie, so they feature the Alice Cooper song, Man Behind the Mask. Yeah. In a, uh, in a battle to the death of uh, Alice Cooper's Man Behind the Mask, the, uh, the Motorhead version of Hellraiser that was on Hellraiser 3... And let's say Dawkins' Dream Warriors from Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Which wins out? It's a fucking no-brainer, man. It's Motorhead. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad How you said dare you? How <laughs> dare you put that question to me? It's shocking, Ryan. Shocking. All right. All right. So who's, who gets second, then? Is it Dawkins or is it Alice Cooper? It's Dokken, because the Alice Cooper song on that film is shit. No. <laughs> See, the thing is, right, I'm an Alice Cooper Shane is fan. Shane is a, a goth. I mean, they might kick you out for that. I feel like Alice Cooper <laughs> should take precedent over, over Dokken. I very much doubt that. I very much doubt that. I have, I have good reason. Um, <laughs> See, the thing is, I'm an Alice Cooper fan. And even I even remember when I heard that for the first time. First time. I was like, this song is awful. It sounds awful. You know, even though, I mean, it was just kind of mid-paced, you know, and it was not something that I was used to by Alice Cooper. And bearing in mind, obviously, when I'd seen this, it was just after Poison had come out. So, because um, like I've said before, I mean, there was a lot of, lot of the franchise movies that I didn't actually get to see until I was about 15 or 16 years old. But... When I heard that Alice Cooper track, I was like, nah, that's just dreadful. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, for me, it's Motorhead. 
is tops on that list, followed by Dokken. And I don't care what anybody says, but Dream Warriors is a pretty classy tune. That's um, pretty cool. Yeah, and I've been um, I've been known to be singing it in the car at times. It's happened. Yeah, I've I've been known to sing along to it when I've been watching the film. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think um, yes, the Alice Cooper track is quite forgettable. Well, you heard it. You heard it here, folks. Shane's uh, slasher theme song recommendations. <laughs> now you know. Go for Motorhead. Always bet on Lemmy. Oh yes, Lemmy be praised. <laughs> So what else do we have here, uh, Mike? Is that, um, is that about wrap it up on six? Yeah, I mean, I think it's overall a great sequel. I think it's way better than five. I think five could have been completely skipped. Besides the whole Tommy Jarvis coming out of the mental institution thing in the beginning, I think that it didn't really need that. I, like I said, five is a complete waste of time, in my opinion. I think it's garbage. <laughs> And I can't, I can't Tell us what you out. really think. Oh, oh, you need an entire separate <laughs> podcast for that. But um, I, don't know, I think it's very well done. I'm actually meeting Tom Matthews next weekend because I'll be in Dallas for Texas Frightmare. So I'm actually looking forward to that. Um, I think it's a great, great, great sequel. I think it's a great Jason movie. They really, he's just this presence and he's just Jason Voorhees and it's just, a supernatural Jason Voorhees now, and you get the overall sense of he cannot be stopped. He got resurrected through a batshit crazy way, and it's just, it's awesome. Now, now, if you're going to be meeting Tom Matthews, are you going to get a Return of the Living Dead autograph or a uh, Friday man, 6 autograph? I don't know. I, I really don't know. Maybe both. It's, there you go. That's the answer. <laughs> he's pretty cheap. He's got, uh, it's like 30 bucks to get a selfie with him and the signature, so probably Return of the Living Dead, like a good size, maybe they have a bigger poster there, because I have a big reanimator, when I met uh, Jeffrey Collins, I have a bigger poster, reanimator poster that he signed, so I'm hoping they have one from Return of the Living Dead, but I think his best works in Return of the Living Dead. Yeah, Mike, I, you're going you, to have to post pictures of those on your Facebook page, man, because oh, I'd love totally. to see those. I will, I've I will. met him at yeah. a convention before in the past, he's a real nice guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can imagine. The guy's a legend. He is a legend. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can't fault him. But yeah, I mean, Tom Matthews, I mean, he is a pretty cool dude. And I can always, um, I always, whenever I think of him, I always think of him in Return of the Living Dead. Yep. So, yeah. But you also, you know, you do realize you're going to have to mention to him about doing this podcast and... Yeah, um, I'm, I'm going to tell him, like, hey, I did a podcast of you, of your movie, yeah. and he's going to be like, oh, okay, well, next. Next? Yeah. Jack, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get yeah. away from me. So, uh, yeah. David and uh, Fright, what do you guys got on uh, 6? What do you think? Yeah, it's a fun movie uh, because it doesn't take itself as serious as the other movies. Um, it's more comedic. Um this is like the start of the movies becoming more kind of um, crazy out there. Um, and it, it's a start of, you know, Jason being the unstoppable um, machine that he is now that we are familiar with. So, yeah, because it doesn't take itself so seriously. It just It's just more fun and entertaining, in my opinion. Um, to be honest, it's been a while since I've seen it, but um, I remember it being a mixed bag. It's... Um, it's just a huge shift in tone from the earlier ones, and it just comes more towards comedy and just cheesy 80s and I didn't like the characters. 
and I didn't like the musical score. And although it did have stuff I liked in it, I liked the kills and I liked the James Bond sequence in the beginning and some of the gothic horror stuff. But the thing is, Jason's a zombie. It's just basically become ridiculous now. So I don't really, yeah, I, I don't like it that much, to be honest. I, th- I think David brings up a good point in that. I mean, we, we've been joking around and having a good time with Six, and I think that's actually where it plays best, sort of in the realm of having fun. Um, but it, shot-wise and sort of how it's put together as a movie, it's, it really isn't that great of a movie in terms of the movie world. You know, I, I feel like some of the, the earlier ones, like even 3 and 4, are, are better films in terms of... Um, you know, directing and editing and all that. Definitely, yeah, yeah. Like I said, it's good for, like, a post-five, you know, but you can't compare them to, like, the first four at all, because the first four is sort of, besides a few scenes here, they're strictly horror. This was pretty comedic, especially in the woods when he's killing the people on the paintball match, and that one guy, he's, like, falling over and shit, and he can't read anything. It's, yeah. like, it's, it's a little too comedic at times. It really turns into sort of like a black comedy, uh, yeah. more so than even a horror, really. Definitely. Yeah, but that's a good point, though. It, it I mean, I, I like it because this was, like, growing up when I was a little kid, like, if, if I was in, like, fifth grade and we're having a discussion about the Friday the 13th, I would have been, like, all over part six. I'd be like, this is the best one. Jason's a zombie. He's got superpowers. Like, you know, for all the ridiculous reasons that a six-year-old would like a movie. I mean, a six-year-old, you know, like a, a fifth grader would like a movie, but um, I still have that fun when I watch it now. Like seeing it now, I'm like, this is a blast. Like it's a good time to watch it. I watch five, and I feel like I'm looking for a razor blade to just end it. Yeah, like I can't take any more. But um, but yeah, it's it's not like it's not really a great film. So I see I see where that's coming from. So anyway, um. Let's move on to seven. I think DM, you're back on this one. Yep. And uh, Shane and Dave, if you want to accompany him on the journey into the new blood. Cool. Well, uh, Friday the 13th, part seven is uh, the new blood. It was made in, uh, May 13th of 1988. And it was directed by John Carl Buckler, which I'm not familiar with any of his work, as far as I know. But, uh... Overall, this movie's once again going downhill from uh, the sixth one, Jason Lives. It is the the debut of Kane Hodder as Jason, um, which I think he's got a cool presence as Jason. He's kind of like this wide, muscular, badass Jason. Um, And Jason Lives, he's more, he's a big guy, but not as big as Kane Hodder makes him out to be. Um... There's uh, like an opening narration and flashbacks in this one, uh, which is actually voiced by the uh, uh, the old guy from the first two. He's like, you got a death curse. Uh, Dave, I know his name, but I, I don't off the top of my head. Um, hmm. It's just, a lot of horror movies do this, and it starts off with a little girl with psychic abilities. And as soon as I see a movie with, a girl or a guy with psychic abilities. I know it's a horror film, and you're supposed to take all the realism out of the window. That that just that makes it a lot worse for me because I think it's really cheap. 
Because all she's yeah. got to do is stand there in front of the camera and just shake her head back and forth, and the shit just starts flying around. And I'm just not a fan of that. I, I think it's a really cheap tactic. And the opening is with a little girl. She's kind of outside in the porch looking in on her mom getting beaten by her dad. And she runs to the pier, which is the same pier at the end of Jason Lives. She goes in the middle of the pier, and she's like, I hate you, Dad. You need to stop hitting Mom. And the Dad's like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. And then with her psychic abilities, like, the whole pier comes down and kills the father. And then it flat forwards, like, ah, probably, like, 10 or 15 years. And she's going to, like, a uh, the same cabin or same house. It's a house. She's going to the same house, and a doctor is there trying to help her out with her, um, her problems because that really – fucked her up as a kid watching her dad die off of here and she thinks it's her fault because she knows she has psychic abilities so the mom and her are going up to the house and she meets you know the local ruffians of course and they're having a party and I, it's just hard for me to get through because i feel like there's more than one villain in this movie like her doctor is such a piece of shit and he's kind of exploiting her for her psychic abilities when he's supposed to be like a therapist you know, her, like, medical doctor sort of thing. And he's like, oh, yeah, let's return to the scene of when your dad died, and it'll help you cope through it, when he's really just recording her and just making a sign, like, a, uh, a psychic breakthrough with it. Um, overall, uh, the characters in this movie are really bland, uh, in my opinion. There's no really standout characters. She gets invited, she gets seen by the house next door, and they're throwing a surprise party for... You know, uh, the guy's cousin, who obviously never comes because he's fucking killed by Jason. But mm-hmm. she gets invited to this party, and she goes over to the party. She makes a fool of herself, so she leaves. She goes back to the house. She starts yelling and screaming. They invite her back over. She makes a fool of herself, so she leaves again. And it's just like, okay. There's, there's this kind of all the stereotypes in it. There's the ugly girl who tries to put on more makeup to try to, you know, make herself sexy. And there's the weird, this overly weird character who is super into sci-fi. And he, like, he's just, I think there's something, there has to be something wrong with this guy. Like, they invited him just because they felt bad for him. Because I don't know, I don't understand why any group of kids would invite this type of guy. Everything he says is like, you know, science fiction worthy, and he's like, I've been rejected by the best science fiction magazines in the United States. While he's trying to get laid with a girl, it's just, it's just weird. Um, overall, they start kind of believing her that Jason's out there. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, like, the reason why Jason gets resurrected in this is because in the beginning, well, towards the beginning, she goes back to the house, like, ten years later, and for some reason, she feels like a presence underwater, and she's like, is it you, Dad? So she starts concentrating on the water, and she resurrects Jason instead of her father, which is dumb. That's a bit careless. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, come on. Um, she could have resurrected the cat for all she knew. But uh, <laughs> and the chains just, you know, break... And Jason gets freed. And the only good thing about that scene is because Jason has those chains around his neck for the next few movies, and that's so cool that they kept it. Yeah. Um, you know, but Jason's roaming around, and he's, you know, he's just, like, doing his thing. And the one thing I didn't mind about the whole, the whole film, you know, they have bland characters. Jason was really the highlight of this. And, like, he'll be standing in a dark area, 
And what they'll do is they'll have lightning, because it's constantly raining. They'll have lightning shine through the window, and you, you see Jason's face, but he's all fucked up. Like, you see you see a lot of his mask. There's his lower, I think, like, left part of his mask where you see his jawline and these, like, like fangs. And he's like, man, what the hell, you know, what the hell happened to him? I know he's been underwater, but he's all... Like a zombie, he really is a zombie at this point. Yeah. And it's just very cool the way they did the lighting in this. And they did it with a couple scenes where you just don't see Jason until you see lightning. And then you see Jason and you just see this, like, monster. And it's, it's yeah. fantastic. Uh, the kills are really good, too. I mean, he's just going around, once again, killing these bland characters. He kills a, <laughs> he kills a woman with a birthday squeaker that this other guy... <laughs> using to call his buddy. He's like, Michael, is that you? <laughs> and obviously it's not. So he takes the birthday squeaker and he jams it in this, this chick's head and it makes this squeaking noise. And I lost it at that point. It's, it's yeah, the funniest goddamn thing ever. Um, there's like other like little subtle things I don't know incrementals that were meant to be funny, but they are. As more people are getting killed towards like last 30 or 20 or 30 minutes of the movie, uh, the main, you know, final girl, she finds a head of one of her friends in a plant. <laughs> what she does is she screams, and she's like, ah! and she throws the plant at Jason with the head in it, and you just see the head just like, kind of, like, bounce out of the plant. Oh, my God, it's, just, it's hilarious. Um, the, the highlight of this whole film, though, is hands down when his mask comes off. And yeah. he's revealed to be this zombie monster, awesome practical effects thing. And the reason why he has to take his mask off is the only thing I condone with her psychic ability is he made his mask so tight that it was starting to squeeze his head. And you saw all this like blood and pus come out of it. And he's like, ah! So he takes the mask off, and it's just this monster. It's not even a human being. It's legit a monster. And the yeah. way they did it is so cool. Like. I think that's the best part of the entire movie. And, you know, they fight Jason, and he uses her psychic abilities on him, and he falls through the stairs, and he just busts out of the bottom of the stairs and chases him again. It's really a cool, like, final chase, and it's very tense. And you, a lot of the people you thought were going to die don't die until the very end. It's, it's kind of cool the way they juggle it. The only yeah. thing that bugs me the most... Besides the psychic thing, it's towards the end how they kill Jason. Now, obviously, this is a huge spoiler, but he's like dead, and for some goddamn reason, when they when she killed her father, they never took him out of the lake. He's just still fucking in there, and he he gets resurrected, and he fights Jason. He like takes him by the like the back of his knees, and he's like ah, and he pulls him back into the water, and that's it. Like that's it. And then even the guy would be great at um, playing out plot holes. The main guy that survives with the final girl, he's like Jason, and he's like we took care of him. And then the credits roll. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? There's now you have a zombie dad out there with zombie Jason. And it's a madhouse, and it's and the movie is not that good. No, no, and, I actually agree. Yeah, I don't know. What are your thoughts on it? Oh, I actually didn't rate this movie at all. To be quite honest with you, I mean, the whole telekinesis thing I just thought was really lame. 
Um, it was. It just didn't add anything to the film at all. And despite the fact that uh, La Park Lincoln, who played Tina, despite the fact she was quite cute, yeah. um, that was the only thing that, the, that it had going for it. I mean, you had the toddy, um, which is English for babe, um, <laughs> just for the record. But, uh, you know, it's, it was just one of those things where you sit there and you're watching it and it's like this film is just not going to get any better. And it didn't, in my opinion. Um, I just thought it was probably the second worst out of the franchise um, uh, but I've I thought it was actually a waste waste of my time to be yeah, really fair it, it just doesn't make sense to me it just no. it's I don't know they tried giving like her doctor like a heart near the end like he yeah. knew his, the folly of his ways so he's like he's, it just didn't make sense he was just money hungry and exploiting her and then all of a sudden he grew a conscience and he's like no don't go in the woods and all of a sudden the mom he's using as a human shield towards Jason I'm like what the hell's going on with this guy yeah see it was a lot of the, a lot of the film just didn't really make sense it was one of those it was another one of those films that was quite forgettable yeah in uh, in my opinion so much so I've not watched it for about oof. I, don't, I can't remember the last time I watched it. Probably the first time I watched it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which is going back a few years. But um, it's like, as regards to like, info about the film, I can give you a few bits. Um, basically, this was... Uh, a supp supposedly, the original script was to have Jason fighting Freddy Krueger in this one. Yep. This, this was originally supposed to be the, the Freddy vs. Jason film. Um... But obviously they rewrote it, and in a sense, it's kind of good that this isn't the Freddy vs. Jason film that that is out there now, because it would have sucked, um, especially with the way everything went with this film. But um, you know, it's also the most heavily censored <clears throat> um, of the franchise as well, because it went to the MPAA nine times before it actually got an R rating. Um, because there was lots of scenes that they'd uh, they had ended up actually cutting um, or just trimming down, like when Maddie gets her face stabbed in the shed, and yeah, um, yeah Doctor Cruz body being cut in half, um, and uh, Russell's axe in the face. You know, uh, they they've all these scenes that they just trimmed down, um, which I suppose in a way. I don't know, it didn't really take anything away and it didn't really add anything to it, you know. No, even if it wasn't uh, like full detail with all the makeup and stuff, it's it still the movie would suck. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to get a... There won't be a special edition of it unless somehow miraculously they've uh, come found all the deleted scenes, but apparently all the outtakes got destroyed um, by Paramount themselves. So there won't be a, there won't be a um, director's cut for it, which can only be a good thing, really. Um, considering how shit the film actually is. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, how about you, David? What do you think on this one? I totally agree with uh, both of you. Um, yeah. I just didn't like it when I saw it. I thought it was a, it's like a Carrie versus Jason, and it just wasn't very inspired. Yeah. I did like Jason's look though, with the, the skeleton kind of coming out, but yeah, that um, yeah that was a very boring film. Cool, I thought. Yeah. The, the the like I said, the kills were cut down, and um, mm. there just wasn't much to it. And I haven't seen it in ages. 
also, so I just have no motivation to watch it. I think uh, that's the only problem though with a lot of these films. I mean, you sit there and you watch them to begin with, and you think, "Oh, this could be really good, or it could be really shit." But this is the case of this film is actually pretty shit. So it's, it's, I think if they just would have had better characters, because the characters in here are yeah. super bland. Like the lead, the lead guy offered nothing. He was just like a brick wall. Then they have the weird science guy, and then the weird stoner guy, and it's just like. There was number one. There's too many characters, and then ah, uh, this is different. It was odd. Yeah, there are better sequels out there. This is just not one of them. No. So I, I, think, I think they could have easily safe. easily came up with something else to resurrect Jason with. They didn't need a, a psychic girl to bring him back. Yeah, I mean, it was stupid. Yeah, but then say, well, it's also good that they never bothered bringing anybody back, else back into the franchise with like super. Supernatural powers like telekinesis girl. Yeah. You know, um, that's, uh, that's only a good thing, really. But yeah, I think um, yeah, we can safely say that this one is pretty pretty poor story wise. Um, definitely one, one to avoid. Also, like I say, a forgettable film. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely one to avoid. Definitely. I, I just, I don't know. The, the only, if you want to watch any part of this movie, I would fast forward until they take his mask off. And that's, yeah. you know, just seeing him, like, walk away, like Dave said, with his, like, skeleton in the back, and you can see his spine yeah. protruding through his body. That part was great. That was fantastic. Yes. But they just, it's not everything else. I, just, I don't know. Yeah, I have to agree with everyone. Uh, it's definitely one of the weaker sequels. Um, I liked... I liked how they try to change the final girl, make her, you know, psychic, try to change things up than the standard horror, but I also thought it was, you know, obviously stupid at the same time, um, so it kind of works and it doesn't work, but yeah, overall, it's just not a very good sequel. I'm going to go with uh, Fright on this one, I agree. Um, I, I sort of like that they tried something different, but I also think that it didn't pan out, like they, they weren't able to accomplish sort of what they were shooting for. And the fact that they, um, like like you guys had mentioned, they tried to do a Freddy versus Jason and it fell through because of licensing. So their next grab was, we're going to do a Carrie versus Jason, but they couldn't still get the rights for Carrie. But they're like, ah, screw it. We'll just make it a girl with psychic powers. I mean, that's that's lazy and shitty. It's it's I don't know. It sort of comes off as half assed. But what, one thing I wanted to say, though, is, well, one of your comments early on, Mike, when you talked about um, how when Jason showed up when the lightning strikes, I agree. That's one of my favorite aspects of this film, and I think I think that's like a great visual. And yeah. whenever you whenever you see like clips and cut and cut scenes from like across the entire series, that's something you always see because it's so striking. It really stands out, and that was, that was a good pickup on that. But yeah, you, you know what really bothers me too about this one? It ends right where it began. Jason's just back under the water. Yeah, and they don't explain. Yeah. Like, why is he? Why is he beaten? He was just like thrown under the water. I don't just, get that's it. it. The, like, then so who? Like, the father drags him down, or the ghost of the father is the father I, down there? I, I don't know. They never really explained. When why he isn't under the water in the beginning? She's like, Dad, are you down there? What? The, they like never find the body. It's it can't be that. You know, deep because they they showed the rock down. They're holding Jason up. Maybe it's like 15, 10, 15 it's a, feet. It's high. a dock. Listen, yeah. you have to replace the wood on docks after a while. They don't stay forever. It's not like they're, they're 
Yeah, it doesn't make... And, and, like, why is he not rotten if it was his father? Like, if it was, like, a creepy, weird skeleton dude, you'd be like, oh, that's cool as shit. That's her rotten dad who's been rotting at the bottom of the lake for, like, 15 years. Yeah. No, he's just normal guy. Comes up. He's got a little seaweed stuck to his shirt collar, and they're like, "Oh, that's him. <laughs> that's the guy." I probably. What? I probably. Did, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say they probably didn't have the funding to have a um, rotting corpse um, jump up for the makeup. You know, they probably didn't have money for the makeup to do a rotting corpse effect. Maybe, but they did such a good job with Jason. I just don't understand why they couldn't yeah. put something together. You That's know? where all the budget went. <laughs> I, I, honestly, like, I think that could have turned this movie around. Like, If they had like a really gross, creepy corpse come up out of the water and drag him down, you'd be like, oh my god, that's her dead yeah. dad. And the thing that uh, kind of stands out for me is like, in the first four Jasons, on well, the first three Jasons, he dies, or I guess the two Jasons, he dies in a way that you could see him surviving it. Yeah. And the fourth one, you know, he's dead, he's gone. Yeah, like, so I don't know, Three, three's a stretch, man. That, yeah, that guy is not coming back. <laughs> true, but like, even in the, the sixth one, Jason lives, he is under there. He cannot get out. He is yeah, but he's a rock. He's already a zombie at that point, though. He got struck true. by the lightning. And then it's just like this one, like they, they, I'm trying to make a point that they all end on a way that you think he's not coming back. But in this one, he just disappears. He just gets taken under the water by a spirit slash other zombie that just doesn't make sense. And they just don't do anything with it. And he's like, oh, we took care of him. It's like, what do you mean? Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you guys. It was, this was, I mean, at best, a mixed bag and more than likely just another shit part of the series. Yeah. That's all I really have to say about it. So, <clears throat> all right. Well, I'm with you on that. Let's move on to part eight. I know. Uh. <laughs> I'm going I'm to blame you, uh, DM, for picking these three in a row. You got six, seven, eight. This this was your choice. I'll let the audience know that you decided you wanted to do these three in a row. You know, I, I, I wanted to do this like this one, but when I tried watching it again, it, it was really hard for me to get through. Let me just say, I can't wait till I can talk about this again. I just... I'll let you guys do what you got to do, but I got some real opinions on this one. <laughs> because I may need help with it. Because when I watched it, I was in pretty, kind of a shitty mood watching it because it's not a good movie. Um, I mean, it was made in, let's see, 1989, July 28th of 1989. And it's called Jason Takes Manhattan. You know, Manhattan's in the fucking name of the movie. So you think, you know, maybe they start off in Manhattan. No, no, not at all. They start off on a boat. To Manhattan, like a graduating class, and um, right in the opening shot, they show pictures of New York City. You know, some guy's even walking down an alleyway and he gets fucking mugged. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, they're in Manhattan now. Um, <laughs> I don't, yeah. I, I just think Welcome to New York, motherfucker. Killed <laughs> <laughs> here. They, they show uh, he's he's in a good suit. He has an umbrella. He's walking down the middle of an alleyway, probably at ten o'clock at night for some goddamn reason. And he gets, okay, why would you, you know, sketchy alley? Come on. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like okay, well, it's kind of weird that they're showing that. And they just kind of give you the overall sense of okay, we are in New York. This is the plot. Jason takes Manhattan. He's in Manhattan, and they start off. 
I don't even know where they're coming from. A lot of this is going to be me blazing over it because I just didn't care about it. it. It was hard for me to get through again. I've seen it before, but the second time I watched it, I just didn't care. Um, even, I think all the characters are terrible. They're, they're way over the top, and they're all cliched. Um, you have the, the girl, even though she doesn't last too long, she's, she's like this rocker type. And she's carrying a guitar with her at all times. You have another guy who carries a camera with him at all times. Like, that's their thing. And they're trying to really push it on the audience. Like, this is their thing. That's what they're known for. Um, one of the first kills, I think it may be the first kill, where Jason comes down and he's like, he just takes her guitar and just smashes her over the face with it. I mean... It just kind of gives your overall sense of the shitty kills in this movie. They're pretty blatant. Not a lot of them, not saying all of them, have no real um, imagination to it. Like, uh, you know, smashing in the face with the head and you just see the camera get bloody. It's like, okay, well, I wish I would have saw that, something a little more intricate. Um, there is a kill where some guy's in a sauna and he takes a, one of the rocks and he just... You know, uh, stabs it through his his chest. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, he's not really aware of what's going on. And imagine this guy just coming in and sticking a, a rock through his chest. You see it kind of spark up with a little bit of fire. I thought that was kind of uh, interesting. Um, what I didn't really get, and maybe I'm overlooking something here, is was the constant visions of a young Jason. Like, yeah, they're on a boat. They're going to New York, obviously, and he just, he just keeps seeing visions of a young Jason. Am I missing something? Well, why is he seeing visions of a young Jason? So, I, I've seen this movie a lot of times. Um, so, I mean, let me, let me try to not, not provide insight, but maybe think what, what they were going for yeah. when she sees that. They, so, they imply earlier, I mean, at one point in the movie, they show her stepfather, who's <laughs> the principal... Um, takes her out on Camp Crystal Lake to teach her how to swim, and basically, as she's a, like a little kid, tosses her in the water. And then as a little kid, she sees a young Jason grabbing her ankle and trying to pull her down. So I'm, I'm imagining the filmmakers are trying to say, like, Jason was a little kid under the water? Like, I don't even know what they're saying. I mean, confused, okay. Man. Now I'm confusing myself when I'm when I'm going through this. In the Friday the Thirteenth storyline, if you look, including the sequels, you know what I mean. Like not just the first one. the mo The mother thinks Jason dies or whatever, but supposedly Jason didn't actually die. He survived, and then in part two, he ends up killing a bunch of people when he's an adult. But this movie seems to believe that Jason actually did die when he was a little kid and stayed at the bottom of that lake and aged at the bottom of the lake for a few years. During the meantime, he helped pull this girl underwater for a little bit, but she got out and then grew up and became the Jason from Jason 2. That's what I think the movie's implying, and I think it is insane. I mean, am I wrong? Is is does that make sense? I know it doesn't make sense, but does that make more it, it sense? Doesn't. It doesn't make sense. And that's why I thought she was kind of seeing like a ghost or maybe she saw a ghost, but that brings it back to, you know, he died, but he didn't. I, I just don't get it. Yeah, but she definitely, she she definitely like almost drowned in Crystal Lake 
and believed it was Jason that was pulling her down. I don't get it, man. So, this is why I, I, I didn't get what I was watching. Like, I think they're trying to be a little too obscure with it. See, it would have made a lot more sense if it was adult Jason pulling her down. You know what I mean? And like, yep. like maybe, maybe really it was him like yanking her down, and she escaped somehow. And she's like, "Oh my god, there's a dead body at the bottom of the lake." And the stepfather slash uh, principal, who is also a, di- I think that guy's also a stand-in from the guy that was in part seven. Like, <laughs> like they're the same character except they do different things. You know what I mean? Like they have the yeah. same mentality. They're both evil and dickheads, but. At the last minute, they're like, "Oh wait, I was wrong the whole time." Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's just, it didn't make sense. The story wasn't all there. The characters are super fucking bland. There's there's a couple like good scenes where they're more funny than anything that I found humorous. When he's uh, choking that girl on the dance floor and he just throws her on the ground and she just makes this thumping sound, which I felt bad for the actors they had to go through that. Um, that, that was definitely a stunt lady. There's no way that was the yeah. actual actress. <laughs> but still, I mean, he like, really threw her down. It was funny. The thing I, I do didn't mind in it is like, I think this was the first time, besides the fourth one in a way, where they're kind of going after Jason. Like there's this like this bro group. They're like, let's, let's get this motherfucker, and they're like kind of chasing after him, which is kind of refreshing in a way. Like uh, there is also that one scene where uh, one of the girls he. He, like, sticks his hand through one of those boat windows, those really small ones, and he's, yeah, yeah, and he's he's choking her, and you see, like, a piece of glass, like, hitting her cheek, and I read that that wasn't scripted. Like, she was actually kind of, yeah, she was kind of, like, upset because the glass was coming right towards her face, and Kane Hodder couldn't see it because of his mask, and he just kept pulling her, pulling her, pulling her, and I don't know. Maybe Shane can do more insight on it in a little bit, but, like, I, I just find that that was a pretty cool scene, that there was some terror coming from the actress initially. Um, other than that, the characters remain horrible throughout the, the whole movie. Like, the, the one guy, Julius, he's, like, a boxing, high school boxing champion. He's horrible. Like, the guy that they got to do that, I don't know who he is, but he's terrible. <laughs> when they're on the life, when they, when they escape the ship and they're going towards New York, he's, like... We're in New York, New York City, yeah, and he's like, he won't shut the hell up, and it's like, okay, well, he's got this really high-pitched voice, it's pretty bad, um, but the the great thing, the, one of the best scenes in the whole movie is when he's fighting Jason on the roof, and he's trying to box Jason, like, uh, like he is part of a boxing match, and he hits Jason a few times, but Jason hits him in the head, knocks his head off, and it goes down a couple stories into, a, I think it was a garbage can. And it was just, it was fantastic. Um, yeah, that that scene, due to budget cuts or due to the lack of budget, that scene was actually meant to be filmed in Madison Square Gardens. Um, Get out of yeah, here! Yeah, there was no seriously. <laughs> they had um, they actually had uh, all these these big ideas where they were going to do film certain scenes, and the boxing match was supposed to take place in Madison Square Gardens. There was supposed to be a scene on the filmed on the Brooklyn Bridge. And there was also supposed to be a scene um, at the top of the Empire State Building. Um, but basically, Paramount said no, there wasn't the budget for it. Um, so they had to have more time on the cruise ship, which would explain why it was so boring at the start of the film. Yeah. Um, and that the director actually agreed 
with a lot of the fans saying that with it being in New York, you should have more New York landmarks, but they just couldn't do it. Yeah, like Jason takes Manhattan, it's more like Jason's on a boat, and then he goes to a warehouse for a little while, and then he's in the sewer, and then there's yeah. one shot of him in Times Square. That's that, it. See, that, that sewer scene was supposed to, the way it was supposed to end um, at the end of the script, it was supposed to be Jason gets washed away by toxic waste. Um, you know, there's like basically toxic waste gets unleashed in into the sewers and he gets washed away and the toxic waste was supposed to melt his body away, thus releasing his soul so then he would be free and there would be no more Jason. But obviously the company themselves turned around and said, no, we want another sequel. So we can't have that. So they had to completely scratch that idea altogether. So let me so so there's the solution to that. Instead of him just being melted to nothing, they Mm. melt him to a twelve-year-old child. Yes. That's the that's the solution. Yeah. Maybe that is. Maybe that is supposed to be his soul, but obviously, Mm. it didn't didn't really work out that well, did it? The movie would have ended after you kicked the radio off. If you would have just kicked the radio and then the movie ended, I would be fine with that. Yeah, I, yeah. I, you know what? That's actually one of my favorite parts when he's like strolling oh, yeah. through Manhattan. There's a, there's like the, the, not gang members, but there's like you know a bunch of kids sitting around you know listening to a boombox, and he runs over and kicks it over. There's so it's many so, videos and memes about it. It's hilarious. It's so stupid, but I love it. Like it's yeah. just it's just plain dumb, but it is fun. It is a good time. But um, there's a couple of bits as well, a couple of extra bits I've got here as well. The guy who Jason throws into the mirror in the diner um, is Ken Kersinger, and he doubled as Jason in Freddy vs. Jason. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so you've you got that little connection there. Also, I don't know if anybody has ever noticed this, but when they do the... Um, when they're doing the false names for the films before um, when they're casting it, each of the films up to this point were all named after David Bowie songs. Yeah, yeah, I read that in the book I was reading. Yeah, because um, this one, Jason Takes Manhattan, was named Ashes to Ashes, which I thought was quite interesting because obviously when I was reading up the information about this, I thought, oh, hey, lots of someone obviously was a David Bowie fan. Um, so I, I thought I thought that aspects were quite cool, but it still didn't take away from the fact this film was, well, sucked. It was too much boat. I mean, it's just, I don't know, it just didn't work. It was kind of stupid. Yeah. David, I want to get you in on this one. Um, yeah. What, what do you think well, of here? I totally agree. totally agree. I, I hate it. When I, I just watched it once, and um, it's just boring and lame. And it goes for too long, one hour, 40 minutes. And I just hated yeah. Jason's look, and I don't remember anything about it, to be honest. Yeah, it's also the longest film in the franchise as well. That's unbelievable. This is so, it's like so bad. How would it could this be the longest one? Yeah, that drives me insane. Blame it all on the boat. <laughs> you really can. All right, can I talk about the boat for a little bit here? Because as a, per, as a person who lives on the East Coast, here's the thing. So the Friday the Thirteenth series, Crystal Lake is somewhere on the East Coast. They don't ever really say where it is. They hint at both New Jersey and Connecticut, or both hinted. In multiple movies, not just one. So they, they, they don't really specify where it is, but it's somewhere on the East Coast. 
I can tell you this. There's no lake that I know of. Well, I know one in, in Connecticut. There's no lake in Connecticut that leads out to the Long Island Sound that can dry, can go to New York. Like, there is no lake. There's the Connecticut River that goes into the Sound. Maybe you could take that. In New Jersey, I don't know of another one that you could take a boat from the middle of a lake to to Manhattan. It doesn't even make sense. And why would you... If you're in New Jersey, you wouldn't take a cruise to Manhattan. You'd take a fucking bus. It's like a one-hour drive. You just get on a bus and go to Manhattan. Like, not even an hour. I mean, uh, it's... It, it's insane. There are trains. There are buses. There are, like, there's, you could take a cab. It doesn't even matter. The whole concept of the movie is infinitely flawed. Like, how do we get Jason to Manhattan? Oh, he's on a boat. What boat? What boat goes to Manhattan from Connecticut? Why you talk how you go really feel? Go on, Ryan. Let it out. Go on. Get uh, your vintage out. Go on, man. <laughs> the, the logistics my friend the logistics of the movie and yeah. it, it it i'm sure this is probably the most nitpicking thing you could come up with but i mean even as a little kid like watching this when i was you know in in like seventh or eighth grade whatever it was when i watched it and i had been on like field trips to new york and i'm like yeah we just took the bus why would you be on a boat <laughs> it doesn't make any sense <laughs> But anyway, yeah, the movie is a pile of garbage. Um, I was going to say, the one thing that stands out that I did like about it, if it was a, a, a sketchy back alley, like, um, the, 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 like sort of when they show the warehouses in the back alleys and like the rats and the garbage cans and the sort of the dirty part of New York, I thought that was kind of cool. It, it reminded me of a lot of like the older eighties movies like trespass or like some of these other ones that were like in a lot of, or, or even like dirty Harry three, I think was in like a, a really blighted area of like a main city. And I, I think that's sort of a cool place for a movie to happen, but it also really stands out as, it, as we don't have any money. So we're just going to shoot in the cheapest location possible. Like there's no, yeah. there isn't a place in Manhattan that you can't, it is packed. It is like the most populous place on the planet. And these guys seem to land in the one spot that there's nobody around. I think it's kind of cool that they try to do it on like a, on a boat where it's, you can't run away. You know? oh, I think it's cool. I but agree. It, the kind of boat thing makes sense. Jason X, you know, it kind of reminds me of Jason X in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Space, so look. You got nowhere to go. Where are you going to go? Yeah. The boat makes sense. When you're in Manhattan, you have nowhere to run. I don't get that part. There are a way to constrain people in places. Um, you know, like maybe they're locked in some place or, uh, or they, you know, they, they got into a building that's on fire and they can't get to the other side or whatever. I mean, you know, there's ways to keep people from being able to leave. But when you're just sort of unrestrained in a borough of New York City and there's like subways, taxi cabs and bus stops and all kinds of stuff that run 24 seven, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I, I don't have too much else to say on it. I mean, it's just a, it's a really just shitty sequel. I think it's better than uh, Jason Goes to Hell, but I, I, I don't think that uh, it should have been made. Yeah, it's a pretty bad movie. The Manhattan stuff is <laughs> entertaining, but I mean, it took so long to get there. And um, I was just everything else is just stupid. You just don't care by the time he goes to New York. You just don't give a shit. You're so you're so brought down by the boat that by the time he hits Manhattan, you're like, eh. 
I'm, it's I'm like they're trying it. to use Manhattan like as a as a way to build up tension. Like, oh, he's not in Manhattan yet. Like, imagine what he's gonna do when he hits Manhattan, and then when he does, he's just a just letdown. Yeah, yeah. I think I think a better scenario would have been having a Titanic kind of um, episode with the boat, where it's where it hits an iceberg, splits in two, and Jason just runs around killing everybody as they're trying to escape the boat. <laughs> I think that would have been far more entertaining, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Can we get Leonardo DiCaprio? Oh, no, we don't need Leonardo. Oh, yeah, he could be the first victim, actually. Oh, okay. He could do it from behind cool. and have the goofy hair, and then he'll just get decapitated yeah. or something. Yay, that's what we want. That's why I call him Leonardo Decapitated, because he deserves it. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, he was great in The Departed. I, don't, I have not seen that. I didn't see that. I've one not yet. seen. I have seen that. I've got it. I've got it on. D- yeah, I've got it on DVD, but I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, same here. You gotta watch yeah. Wolf of Wall Street. It's great. Listen, you gotta watch fucking Goonies, pal. Forget about Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. You guys can. You can. Guys can talk all the shit you want. I'm not watching that piece of shit anymore. Oh, easy, <laughs> easy. Three bears in, and I said it. <laughs> Oh, man, if we had anybody that actually listened to this show, then you'd probably be getting hate mail. (laughs) All right. Oh, well. I've got got friends that love those movies. Goonies, they love Goonies. Every time I bring it up, they they argue with me, so I'm used to it. Well, it's well-deserved. Yeah, that that argument is for another podcast. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right. Well, I think, uh, anyone got any final thoughts on part eight? I think we've all sort of given yeah, our grace. Don't watch it. Yeah, don't watch it. That's a good call. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> all right, let's move on. We're going we're gonna to give uh, Mike Whittemore a little rest on his vocal cords for a little bit um, since he's been talking for the last three movies. We're going to move on to our main man, the Fright Master himself, and uh, we're up to part nine now. Jason Goes to Hell. So what do you got for us, Mike? Yes, uh, <laughs> Jason Goes to Hell um, came out in 1993. Um, New Line got the franchise rights from Paramount, finally. Um, they moved forward with this movie, directed by Adam Marcus, um, who would later co-write that uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D movie that came out in uh, 2013, I think. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, it's definitely the worst in the series. I don't think anyone can uh, can debate that at all. Um, I might be yeah. on that debate. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Jason, he somehow he's back at Camp Crystal Lake. Um, who knows how the hell he got there? Um, but apparently, there was a comic that came out um, some years back that supposedly bridged the gap between Part Eight. And um, and this one, um, but anyway, um, the movie actually had a cool intro. I thought it started out pretty standard. Uh, big titty girl stays at the lake. Uh, Jason naturally tries to kill her. She like runs out, and Jason teleports to her as he often does. Um, then he gets shot up by a bunch of SWAT dudes that just come out of nowhere, and uh, apparently they were hiding there the whole time. Um, who knows why Jason never realized that a dozen armed dudes were just chilling in bushes nearby, but uh, that's what happened, and uh, <laughs> that's pretty much the last 
of the good stuff from the movie because it's all <laughs> it's all pretty much downhill from there. Um, timeline, my timeline wise, what, how long would you say that is, Mike? Uh, th- I think that's like uh, like four minutes in the movie. Or <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, so that's about it. That's, that's the, yeah, that's pretty that's much it. Good stuff. And of course, you know the the very last bit when. Freddy's glove comes and that's pretty cool but anyway um, someone must have been a fan of the hidden because they introduced some kind of uh, body hopping element in a poor attempt to explain how Jason can never die um, the coroner that's examining Jason's body after he's all blown up like for whatever reason gets fixated on Jason's heart and like just takes a big chomp out of it and then that somehow enables Jason to like possess the coroner or some crap and then um, from then on like you know he's pretty much going from one body to the next like there's this dumb worm looking creature that comes out of um, the, uh, the Jason like the whoever is Jason is possessing like this creature this worm creature will come out of the the possessed person's mouth and go into the next person. So Jason is essentially just like some shitty looking demon worm, I guess. And then um and then the movie turns into Halloween. Like we're introduced to Jason's niece or whatever. And 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 we learn later that she's the only person that can kill him. So he spends like the entire movie tracking her down. I mean who knew we even had like more family members anyway, you know, I don't remember if they even talked about any other family members, any other movies? Um, no, no. Other, other than the, like, like the guys mentioned, the uncut stuff in six with uh, with his father that was not put in the movie. Yeah. Um, there's been there were no Voorhees that I have ever heard of. Yeah. Well, I don't I don't know what the writers were thinking because I I never needed a reason uh, for Jason to like. I never needed a reason to know why he couldn't die. I was happy. Just like you know, thinking he was just an unstoppable zombie, I was cool with that. But uh, for some reason, they just had to like give us some kind of dumbass explanation. Um, but anyways, uh, I liked how the lead guy was this dorky-looking dude instead of like kind of a jock type. But he wears his Letterman's jacket through most of the movie, like he's trying to relive his youth or something. And they also introduce a, a kind of a badass bounty hunter named Duke. Um, he, he knows an unusual amount of information about how to kill Jason, but he spends the whole movie just talking to people about it. And, and he doesn't really do anything about it until, like, towards the end. As much as I hate the movie, there is some cool stuff in it. Like, the whole the whole scene where um, Jason, he goes into the police station, and he just starts killing all the cops. You know, that's pretty cool. Um, uh, and, and, and some of the practical is good, uh, the practical effects. Um... Like when a guy gets his arm snapped in half, and uh, one of my favorite kills is probably when a lady's jaw is punched into her head. That's pretty cool. Oh, um, the diner, classic. Yeah, yeah, the diner. Um, and I like I like the fact that um, people outside of the camp, you know, acknowledge uh, Jason's existence. They they had a news report like acknowledging that he's like uh, like a serial killer. And I kind of like that aspect, you know. We finally know people, uh, people out there really uh, know of Jason. Like they, they know of him and his, uh, and he's not just a myth. He's not just a legend. I wish they would have explored that a bit more, but you know. 
But I wasn't really a fan of how uh, Jason looked. Um, he was all lumpy and crap, and his mask was all melted into his head. Because I guess after what happened at uh, when he was in Manhattan or whatever. But I don't know. I just didn't like the way he looked. Um, but yeah, it's definitely the worst in the series. Um, but it was cool. We got an appearance of the Necronomicon from Evil Dead at one point in the movie, so that was cool. Um, kind of foreshadowing the Freddy vs. Jason vs. Ash comic mashup that we'd get. Um, and, you know, at the end, of course, we get Freddy's glove, kind of like a nod uh, to the fans, like, yeah, you know, we're, we've still been working on this Freddy vs. Jason movie, and, you know, it'll happen eventually, I'm sure. Uh, of course, that didn't, we didn't get that movie until ten years later, but yeah, Jason Goes to Hell, just an overall terrible movie. So let me ask you this. Did you, did you ever read that Freddy vs. Jason vs. Ash comic? Did, I, never, I never got my hands on it myself. Have you ever read it? No, I, I never read it. I don't really know much about how Ash comes into it, but yeah, I, I, don't, I, read, I don't know. I did read the script, and it is way more interesting than any Jason Goes to Hell, anything that's going on. Um, but it, it's... It's sort of weird that they would put that in there, and there was a big thing that 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 actual Necronomicon that was in it was the Necronomicon prop that was used in Evil Dead Two. Yeah, and it went missing after this movie, and apparently, it was um, Sam Raimi that lent it to the to the studio to use it in this film. But it was Tom Sullivan's copy, like it was his. Tom Sullivan made the made the um, that ne Necronomicon that was used in the movie, and he had it in his personal collection. Sam Raimi borrowed it, lent it, and they lost it, and it was Sam Raimi's fault. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, there was a, there was a rift that was formed between them, or something. They got they got like mad at him because he lost his his Necronomicon. Somebody stole it from uh, the Freddy vs. J. I'm mean, sorry, from the um, Jason Goes to Hell set. But also in that same scene, though, when they, they go into the basement right after the ne Necronomicon is found, mm. uh, in the basement is the crate from Creepshow. Oh. Which, oh, I saw that when I was a little kid when I first saw this movie, and I'm like, that's the crate from Creepshow. The Creepshow monsters in Jason Voorhees' basement. I lost my mind when I saw that. That was, that was like a big deal. I don't think I ever noticed. Oh, man, you got to go back and check. That's the same crate, guaranteed. I loved it, and there was also what I, I read up on when I was looking up on this movie the um, this not the swing set the uh, the jungle gym that's sort of in front of the Voorhees house is the same jungle gym from the birds. Kind of weird, just throwing in all these random uh, nods to other horror films. Yeah, and, but what I sort of found super odd, I mean, even the concept of this is they got this big mansion, right? The Voorhees house or mansion, right? I mean, it's a huge house. It's not. It's not what I consider what I would expect Mrs. Voorhees to live at. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I would have thought she'd be living in a trailer or a shack or something like that out in the middle of the woods. But yeah. they've got this gigantic house. And apparently it's her sister's daughter, right? Uh, Yeah, yeah. So her sister was in the beginning, rather the beginning of the movie when uh, Creighton Duke was talking to her. All sexual innuendo, by the way, the whole time. He's just, like, verbally assaulting her with sexuality. Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't understand how that girl... I mean, to me, it looked like she was in her 30s. But Mrs. Voorhees 
in the original that took place in 1980 or if you want whatever 1979 whatever you want to call it she was like in her 50s i think mm, i don't know she was definitely a lot older like i don't know the, the timelines didn't really match up to me unless the little the girl her sister was a baby when she was born i don't know it, the whole thing was a little sketchy i think yeah we're just looking a little we're looking at it too logical obviously they don't care about continuity in this series <laughs> that's true so, so what do you think of Creighton Duke did, did you um did you think he was a positive or a negative in the movie uh I liked him I liked the character but they kind of um uh didn't really utilize him very well um he, he was I like uh, most of the movie like I said he was like just talking to the characters like say hey do the you gotta you gotta kill Jason this way, um, and he I don't know how he knows all this information but he just does, yeah. Um, yeah and he he didn't really do anything aside from that he was just talking to the characters and he was in jail for a while he gets out um, more sexual innuendo in the jail by the way he was, <laughs> he was hitting on a guy in the jail <laughs> yeah and he shows up at the end and you know they finally use him at the end but he kind of like. I don't know, he kind of turns on the characters a little, and I don't know, I, I like the character, but they, they, they could have done a lot more with them. Yeah, I think your comparison to Halloween is pretty good. He's definitely like the Loomis of of this movie. I mean, I would say of the series, but there's no other yeah. indication of another character in the series. He's sort of the Loomis in this movie, you know what I mean? He knows He knows that Jason's this incarnate evil... And like you said, it's they just totally ripped off Halloween. That's oh, it's his niece, and he's got to kill his niece, and his niece is the key. In my opinion, that the the later Halloweens, like the uh, the four and the five, and especially the six, are crap. Like, why are you ripping those off when they're garbage? You know what I yeah. mean? If you're if you're trying to pull from some good sources, like okay, you know, rip off Halloween one or Halloween two. Don't be taken from five and six. Those are terrible. Yeah, and they and they try to add some like. Like supernatural, magical elements, like um, when Duke throws the knife at the niece, she like grabs the knife, and the knife like kind of magically transform into this badass dagger, and it's just you know it's just it's just so weird. It just seemed like magic crap in the in the series, but you know then again they did have a psychic um, at one point, so that's true. Whatever. So yeah, D uh, David, what do you think about um, the uh, Jason Goes to Hell? Um, the only thing I liked about it was the uh, VHS cover, which had that cool-looking <laughs> um, metal hockey mask. It's got the demon snake going through it. And I just remember seeing that in the video store when I was a kid. I was going, ooh, look at that. That's cool. It's like nasty looking. And, um, that's what I remember. That's the only thing, because I watched the movie, and yeah, it just didn't do it for me, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm I'm glad you you had mentioned uh, the hidden mic because I think that's like it's sort of an unknown gem of the '80s that no one really sees. It came out before this, and it's a similar similar scheme where there's an alien that's jumping from body to body and doing horrible things, killing people and driving fast cars and listening to heavy metal. And uh, th this movie just was like, you know what? That's a good. We'll, we'll just take that. We'll take the entire you know, weird worm thing crawling out of bodies from one to another, and we'll use that for Jason. 
Yeah. I mean, it's it's such a crazy thing to take from one movie, to, especially for a Friday the 13th. Like, could you imagine nowadays if you had, like, a popular movie, let's say something along the lines of, like, um, Sinister or uh, or Insidious, even. And you're like, okay, in Insidious, it's no longer ghosts. It's going to be, you know, the, uh, the, the, the death thing from Final Destination comes in and it takes over. But that's the new Insidious movie. Like, you wouldn't just steal something from another movie and make it yours. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah, The, the Hidden is definitely a, a really good movie, and I can, I can see why they would copy it. But, yeah, like you're saying, it just, it just doesn't make sense. There's really no need to explain, you know, uh, why Jason keeps coming back. He just simply does. Um, kind of like how I always liked Michael Myers, because we never knew exactly his origins or why he he is the way he is, why he can't die. That's just what appealed, made him so appealing, you know, and uh, and so scary. And then, you know, trying to explain crap like this for Jason and just do it so, doing it so terribly at the same time, it's just, it's just so bad. It's, it's just a terrible movie. I mean, it, it's not great by any means. I think there were some, there are positives in the film, I think. I really liked the, um, the couple in the diner, like the woman you mentioned getting her face sort of smashed in and, uh, and her husband who works the back of the, the back yeah. of the diner, the little guy, I can't remember his name. Um, Leslie something is the actor. And, um, I, th- I thought they were really good. I think it's funny. They have that, those sort of the character actors in there. It sort of brings about the, a lighthearted time in the nineties where you'd have these comedic parts just thrown into movies. It's sort of the same type of thing you'd see in, um, uh, the, what's that? The the Freddy movie, Freddy's Dead, where uh, Roseanne and Tom Arnold are in it. Oh, you, know, right. you get these, you get these little like cameos and quick sort of like, oh, here's a little fun thing that's happening over here. Um, I, I think the humor in the movie they tried going sort of gross out humor, and it didn't work. Like they've got that line from Duke where he talks about a little girl in a pink dress putting a hot dog through a donut. Oh uh, yeah, that was so stupid. I don't. I don't know what it means, and I'm horrified by it every time I hear it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't understand it either. I, I watched this movie in preparation for the podcast, and I'm like, again, it's one of those things that every time I see the film, it catches me, and, I, and I'm, I'm as disgusted as the first time I heard it. I'm like, oh, oh, God, what are you talking about? Yeah. And it comes, it comes, it is strange as it sounds, like, let's pretend you had never seen Jason goes to hell, and you just heard me mentioning a little girl in a pink dress putting a hot dog through a donut. You'd say that is horrible. Why would he say that? It's the same context in the movie. It doesn't yeah. make sense. Somebody just says it. Yeah, it was just so damn random. But I did like the line of the um, not not the main mortician that bites the heart, but his um, his partner that comes in. <laughs> he he says that he wants to take a big old mango sized crap. Right on Jason's hockey mask. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that just, that visual set it over the top for me, and uh, that sent me into hysterics. There's some there's some good cameos in the film, though. I mean, you've got, like, Kane Hodder unmasked as himself being a security guard. Yeah. Talking about, talking about how Jason's a pussy. <laughs> so I think that's good. Um, th- there was, there was a lot of, like, sort of, um, behind-the-scenes discussion between Kane Hodder and a lot of the actors that were portraying Jason, you know, the possessed, 
bodies that Jason was inhabiting and how Kane was trying to lead them to sort of act the way he does and be like, listen, this is how Jason moves. You know, he does this and he wouldn't turn his head like this and wouldn't do this. And apparently some of the actors were, were, you know, very accepting of his advice and were like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. You know, thank you that, you know, I appreciate the input. And other actors were like, fuck you, you're a fucking, you're a stuntman. I'm not going to take any acting advice from you and sort of went their own way. And I think that really leads to the disjointed, like, Jason feel when you see the different, you know, characters Jason's inhabiting. Like, the uh, the one mortician, um, you know, the big black dude at the beginning, he was one of the guys that listened to what Kane had said. And so he sort of comes across as, like, this menacing, silent death machine that Kane always represented. But then you've got like some of the other goofy ones, like the um, the sher- not the sheriff, but you know what I mean, the the policeman. Yeah. Who he gets into, and he's like just this big bumbling oaf that's like, I'm gonna get you, and he doesn't come across as Jason or menacing at all. So you could really you could see that in the film, I think, and that that really pulls you out of it. Yeah, that, uh, that's also another thing I didn't like about the movie. I mean, Jason, you don't actually really see Jason again until towards the end. Um, but up until that point, it's just one body to the next. And, uh, yeah, it's just another big negative. There was a lot of stuff that was cut out of the film, too. In, in the beginning of the film, originally in the script, and as horrifying as this sounds, apparently it's true, the original draft, the movie opened up with a flashback scene of Jason and his mother having sex when he was, like, a child. <laughs> what? <laughs> Could you imagine if that was actually put in the movie? Yeah, it's crazy. <clears throat> Made the movie better. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, nothing like a bit of incest, eh? Shane, I noticed that caught your attention on that one. <laughs> yeah, might have something alluding to the fact that I come from Norfolk and everybody's inbred. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't have a comment for that. I think I lucked out with the brains and the intelligence in that part. <clears throat> so what, what do you think, Shane? Jason Goes to Hell. Shit. Is it the worst? Horrible movie. Um, no. Oh. <laughs> See, you know, I got a bold statement there, Mike. You got a little disagreement. Yeah. I, um... Well, I will reserve my comment for the next film in the franchise. <laughs> 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 oh my god excellent <laughs> alright right, um, would you have you watched Jason Goes to Hell recently or is this something you haven't seen in like a long time I think the last time I watched it would have been about 10 or 15 years ago quite possibly okay so it, it's, it's not fresh it's, in your mind no not at all but um, yeah, I remember watching it and I remember thinking that it was pretty awful in fact I am um, I think it was, I was at a friend's and it had just been released in the UK and we rented it out um, from the video store and we watched it and we all just sat there and went, what the fuck is this? Um, no. And I think we ended up turning it off as well because we all felt it was really bad. Get out of here. I can't say I've ever turned a Friday the 13th off. That's a, that's a new one on me. I reckon if I was to watch it again, I might appreciate it for what it is, but... I mean, I've watched it once, and that was a long while ago. So, 
I think, uh, yeah, I can have to say, I can go by that judgment that I didn't rate it at all. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. So, Mike oh. Whittemore, what do, you, what do you think, too? I think it's the worst in the series. Uh, oh, oh. I don't know. I think five and Jason goes to hell blow. I think I think the ending to Jason goes to hell was better than the entirety of uh, the fifth one. <laughs> and I, I I thought that was very cool the way they did that. I mean, you get the, the Freddy Krueger glove. I mean, uh, that's actually Ken Hodder's arm, which I read. It's pretty cool. Oh, actually, yeah, I do love that scene. That scene I thought was probably the best thing out of the entire film. Yeah, it's like all I was waiting for that with the Necronomicon. It's fantastic. Yeah. Otherwise, there, there's one scene where like the Duke. It always gets to me. I don't know why. It's like what you were talking about earlier with uh, in the final chapter where the machetes going through Jason's head, and you're like, uh, it's this when he for some reason the Duke breaks the guy's fingers in the jail cell. It always yes. like makes me cringe, and it's so goddamn stupid, but it just always makes me cringe for some reason. Other than that, I think the movie sucks. I'm never, I'm hopefully never going to watch it again, but uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'll give it another chance, but I, the lack of Jason and these dumbass characters, I just didn't give a shit about it all. I keep saying that, but I always end up coming back to all these terrible movies. See, Jason's my favorite, Friday the 13th is my favorite horror series, so even the really shitty ones, even like 5 and you know, uh, 9, it I'll still watch them. It's really shitty to say, but I'll still watch them. Because it is my favorite series. I don't know. I'm with you, man. I mean, I've seen these, I think, uh, in in terms of the series entirety, other than the Evil Deads, I've seen these more than anything else. Like, in, in you know, number of times watching over yeah. and over again. So, I think that's uh, I, I think it's all we got to say on um, Jason Goes to Hell. No other final comments on it? Nope. No, I'm good. Thank you for listening to UHM's podcast. Join us on Facebook, and please visit our main page at upcominghorrormovies.com. We'll see you next time.